to Detroit Dark Talk, where we talk about fictional movie sequels that don't exist. I'm Adam. And I'm Eric. <laughs> what, what am I missing? <laughs> I thought you had something you were going to say in response to a movie sequel that didn't. I did. I was. It was gonna. It was gonna come after you said your intro line. Uh, okay. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll just cut this section out. And this is Tim. You can't cut that section out. You have to leave it in. Oh my god! It's just the awkward, <laughs> the awkward. Gotcha. Oh, I'm sorry. I need to be quiet. Uh, um, yeah. So, so the uh, sequel to the movie that you're referring to is any Nerf War ever? It's fictional. They don't happen anymore. COVID came and uh, and decimated the Nerf hobby. It just got us all to spend a lot of money and not do anything with our Nerf blasters. So, Nerf is dead. Long live the Nerf. Long live Dartsoft. Oh God! It's nerf or nothing. That's going to be a fun topic today. Yeah, we're gonna. That's going to be our main topic today. Is is how do we revive the game of Dart Soft, and how are we going to go about playing nerf events in this uh, post-COVID era? First of all, we don't call it Dart Soft. That's a surefire way to kill it. Yeah, (laughs) it's like we're gonna have hard. We're gonna have an inter an international incident over the the dart soft. The Australians are gonna be like, it's dart soft. Here in the U.S., we're gonna they... be like, it's it's something else, but we're not, we can't agree on a name, and we don't like any of the other names, but we just know that we don't like dart soft. Are the Aussies actually calling it dart soft? Like like I thought they consistently? embraced it. I don't know. I'm not Australian. I can't. All right. um, you know they have to have a yeah, firearm so... license to shoot gel blasters now. Yeah. It's. It's rough. coming for nerf. That's a that's a nanny state right there. Yeah, they haven't found a, a pleasant balance. But but anyway, so we'll they be can talking about take my nerf blaster from my cold dead hands. Mm. Never thought I'd utter those words. I I would I, I'm I'm a baby like that. I would give up my nerf blaster if it came to that. <laughs> like you could have my piece of plastic, but you can't take my Prometheus. It'll hold down the whole house. But anyway, so some games have been played, some experiences have been had, and we can't wait to talk about that a little bit later in the episode. Yeah. But, uh, you know, here in the beginning, um, I think we should just touch on a, a recent, uh, a very recent uh, video and topic, which is the uh, the Nerf Hyper, which everybody has very mixed feelings, like most things from Hasbro these days. Um, Adam, you saw the video. You, you saw what we saw from uh, Sophie at Nerfers 101, who's bringing the real scoop on that uh, on that blaster. What did you think? I was I was honestly surprised to see a review on it. I'm like, is this this is just some like clickbait shill, right? And then I like started watching the video. I'm like, oh my god, she has it. She actually has it. And I'm like, all right, I'll watch this. I mean, I think I mean I'm used to her TikToks, so they're like her TikToks are very short form. So like the videos are like a different change of pace for me for her reviews. It. I'm gonna wait to hold one and to actually use one myself, but I think I think it's got potential. I think there's a lot of valid concerns on the new ammo type. Um, I think capacity is gonna be a plus, but um, I'm not sure about range, and I'm not sure about just because people with a rival can already spray so much it's ridiculous, and now Adidas is making proton packs as fast as they can, um, and to have something they can hold like what three times as many uh rounds is like that's like so many uh, rounds it's there's people are just it's gonna be litter everywhere i, I remember it's right, gonna Rick, be a lot of people confetti. 
a lot of people thought that the Nemesis was going to break Nerf, and this is like a Nemesis on crack because you could have as many rounds yeah. as a Nemesis with a quarter of the package. You know how I yeah. feel about all these type of these type of gameplay elements, such as the Nemesis or or even the Proton Packs, is we've game designers we've found ways to balance. But I do think that the potential ceiling for someone who knows how to use a Nemesis well or knows how to use a Proton Pack well, the ceiling for their longevity is higher. Like their ability to make an effect is higher if they know what they're doing. Oh, and we've seen but, that firsthand. I mean, think back to Z13 when we had Pete Fuzzy Pete. You know? Yeah, he really knew how to use his Nemesis, and and he was really good at at utilizing utilizing the skill to the point that it made it really hard for you yeah, I mean, to balance against I, that. I'd have to like turn two mods into tanks and go in with two tanks and a boomer to finally take him out. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 legendary in our group for being frustrating. I'm sure Infamous. you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Infamous. Oh, yeah, it was good, but it was really good because it, it made he he made you think a lot on how to on how to balance against that. And he played it well, um, but yeah, I, I do think about this hyper as as the next era, and I'm sure that people are going to embrace it. I mean, just like I mean, I wouldn't say ultra has been embraced for obvious reasons, but um, you know, hyper has less downsides to it, I think, than hyper or I'm sorry, than ultra has. So. Are we at the peak of technology with the fi- proton packs are finally being released and the Percy's came out, which well, kind of feels like the hold, pinnacle hold on. of Let, Let's give credit where credit was due. Proton packs have been available if you knew where to go and who to talk to. I mean, oh, right. Well, there was the, the proton pack beta years ago, and then Pippin Pack came out, and Pippin Pack was, is really just like the best product to do that job. I mean, it's, it's just a really well-designed and engineered product. And then in now terms the, of, yeah, the full release, all in yeah. one, yeah, I think the the Pippin pack is definitely amazing, right? Because it's like the Proton pack is basically just a motorized hopper feeder, right? You still have to feed it into something, um, but the price all point for out of darts, table. yeah, the price part for the price point for out of darts is really it's attractive for a lot of people and the mass production and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Pippin pack and and Beta Proton pack. I mean, yeah, it's. There's a difference between being able to get your hands on a, a few of them and you know, the massively available product. Yeah. So, yeah, then you also have to feed it. Yeah, then you have yes. to feed it. My goodness. Also, quick shout-out, not to get too off track, but um, Captain Xavier did a, a great video recently on comparing different types of uh, rival-style rounds from official nerf through various um, aftermarket vendors. And not including his, you know, Captain Xavier colored proton rounds because you can't buy them. Even he admits in the video, very good video about different types of rival rounds worth uh, worth checking out. Hmm. Tim, any thoughts on the, uh, the on Sophie's uh, Nerfers 101 video? And, and I, the... I'm reserving judgment even further than Adam is. I am not going to make up my mind until I see one running on 3s. Yeah, because that mm, will be the fair. real tell. How how loud was the agitation motor? Oh my gosh! The the flywheel motors were drowned out by the motor that ran the agitator. Um, what's that hyper? Is it what's, what's that hyper called? I actually don't remember their names. The but blaster anyways, name? Yeah, the blaster name. It's escaping mm. me at the moment. Mach one hundred. No, that they have actual. Sense. They have actual names. Well, her. the the agitator motor on the Mach one hundred. You, Alex. Uh, was a extremely loud 
and really was drowning out the function of the blaster. And it was it was pitch was kind of whiny, maybe because of gear train or something like that. Oh, okay. All in all, just kind yeah. of it, it is the Mach 100. Then you have the Siege 50 is the pump action one, and then what's the pistol one? The Rush. I, I feel Rush 40. I feel like there. I don't know. I, I feel like this is this this takes rival into like an I guess more extreme direction, right? So you have more capacity, but I also feel like they may not fly as far. Sophie says they seem to fly pretty good, but it's like I mean I don't know. It's like when HPA and China AEGs become more prolific. I just I see somebody you know with an AEG or maybe you know low f lower fps hpa setup just absolutely wrecking face um with the rival rounds or not with rival rounds with hyper rounds again like against hyper right oh you're saying but, a, i mean a, it, yeah. a, short, a short dart shoot. Yeah, yeah yeah that's what i think because i think if you've got you know springer accuracy and like flywheeler rate of fire i think that's like it's the best of all worlds at that point you know unless you run out of your your energy, which would be, you know, chemicals in a battery pack or, um, you know, air, air right? Something. Yeah. I still think that the part that the best part, one of the best parts about Nerf is that full auto is not necessarily viable, but it is fun. So yeah. carrying yeah. your carrying your ammo, battle or whatever, whatever you want to call it, darts are, and the accuracy that you get with darts, and the, but the the limitation of carrying all that ammo. I think it's a great balancing factor. I think we should we should uh, move on from the hyper discussion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had a backyard war last weekend, and we'll get into that more in, in a few minutes, but Adam was playtesting something at this backyard war that I'm sure something he wants to cool. talk about because yeah. it was freaking amazing. I have been bugging Mr. Heath Pants about this thing for, like, a year because that's how long he's been teasing this damn thing and it's his lever gun he finally got together with gdop and um gdop is producing kits so i got into the open beta and they sent me a box of hardware and i printed one out basically just in time for uh for the backyard war got it put together i already had a stock of fly point shells um i kind of had a poor experience with the flak uh, which is the only other like 3d printed lever blaster you know aside from mods that are currently available and stuff um like the sentinel right it's yeah, sentinel mm, and sling yeah. fire yeah the two that come to mind um yeah uses a tiny like a pretty short length of k26 um aluminum plunger tube um a really thin aluminum barrel uh, you could probably use brass in it gets about 160 fps holds like six or seven plus one um, and I, I think it's a great blaster. Like it's definitely heavy on the gimmick, which is totally fine. Um, MHP made some neat shell caddies that are Molly compatible, which is great. Um, but yeah, no, I, I brought it out. I let anybody play with it or shoot it that they, that wanted to. Um, it's, I guess it's reasonably accurate as accurate as like eight to 10 inch barrel, you know, I got several tags with Springer, it. Springer, Springer could be right, and as long as you have it's shells all, loaded up. It's only eight to ten inches long on the barrel side. Yep, yep. The whole blaster itself is like three foot, but uh, be, due to like plunger tube volume and stuff, I think they they did some napkin calculations and they're like, 
we don't need any more barrel than this because you know you're just slowing the dart down um but the prime's pretty smooth compared to the flak um hits a reasonable fps there's a bunch of laser cut like steel parts on it all the stuff that matters like the lever mechanism and uh there's like this carriage inside that's uh, laser cut steel uh and like the catch plates also steel so um it's i don't know it's it's pretty good it's it's still beta so it's still got some um it's still got a few things are working out but uh tim was able to play test it what what did you think i i loved it uh, and for the record i i am for from a functionality standpoint i am against shell blasters because it's it's an extra step in the loading process extra entire collection of stuff you have to police at the end it's not something i would run in a serious loadout but the fun factor of playing with that blaster far exceeds the drawbacks and i i had a blast and and for things like what we were doing like park wars or just plinking around the house i i absolutely want one i want one i want one it looks like the perfect blaster for a larp oh absolutely absolutely 100 percent know like um what do they do down nuka world in atlanta um such a cool aesthetic a really cool aesthetic and then functionality to boot and you know gimmick to be had and i i don't think that they play up the gimmick very much and it, but the truth is it is a gimmick blaster i mean would you say six plus one yeah, yeah. you know yeah, I think that's what it was. inline magazine tube that's the yeah so never gonna be the you know end all be all performance blaster yeah and Adam's color scheme that he chose really like turned out nice. Yeah, oh yeah, I ch- chose that. Um, it's like a matte navy blue from Airy One uh, to PLA, and then like Amazon Basics gold. So turned turned out really nice. Yeah, very cool. So what about durability? Any any issues encountered from the beta that need to be improved on? What's the inside scoop on it? Um, so far? I, well, I know that's why they went with like laser cut parts and stuff. Um, I got a whole bunch of extra hardware, uh, and in the beta discord, they said that the design's pretty much like 95% there. Um, like MHP has been testing this thing for like a year, basically. Like he's been using it as his pretty much his primary for like a year. Um, there's a few things like the, the door, like the cosmetic door on the side of it that on a, like a, a real steel lever gun, uh, I don't want it's not a jam door, but anyways, uh, it's like a bullet door where you load the rounds in. Um, they, they don't recommend using that right now because they're still finalizing that and it's kind of getting in the way of loading. I think the ejection could be a little bit stronger. Um, but other than that, I, I think that if you could get an integrated scar barrel on it, and I think if they could open the barrel options up a little bit, to work some magic there um i think it's going to be great uh, honestly i mean it's got limitations i'm not sure how dry fire safe it is like it, i've dry fired it a few times accidentally and it's been fine but there are some parts that you got to print like 80 to 100 percent um on the inside of it just because of there's like a carriage that moves and stuff it's it's there's a lot going on i have no issue for with with printing parts like that if they're part of a mechanism that but yeah. if they're designed that way and they're made or if they're required because of impact 
So if it's if it's something that's going to be struck with an impact load, like from the plunger, I do have a bit of a problem with that. Unless it's the plunger, I mean, you can't really get away from the. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. There's like a carriage that needs to move back that primes a spring, and like a lot of like that's a print, right? But the like the bottom piece of the carriage is a piece of laser cut steel, um, and then it's like that goes forward to battery, and then like the round is loaded and when you pull the trigger it's like the plunger tube i mean it like the plunger goes home and like there's a buffer and stuff but it's like there's only so much you can do uh because something has to stop that force still have from, the k26 you know. in there so yeah it's it's a small k26 like a small length of k26 i imagine you could probably put a k25 in there and like drop the fps down to like 140 maybe um and then even further if you want to get it down to hvz levels and then i don't know if i'd worry about anything breaking yeah that sounds like a really fun time with it how does the prime actually work on this so you've got a you've got a a lever is it is there a gear rack like a a gear rack cut into that lever like it's um it's two i wish there was a way to uh pin in slot perhaps it's like it's there's two ears there's like the the lever itself and there's two laser cut steel ears that it's almost like how the flak primes right um but this is way way smoother and a little bit better executed um that being said like there's still like hard metal edges on hard metal edges so uh if you don't like at least deburr it and what i just i went through and just polished everything that was a contacting surface um if you do that it's great uh, I, I understand that some people ha- can have a little bit more difficulty, especially with latching and stuff like that. Um, but I'll see if I can pull up a thing at some point. I mean, laser cut edges are never going to be super smooth. It's no. It, and the part of the problem I was looking at the uh, the levers the other uh, today, yesterday, so recently, let's say, and the surfaces they they're laser cut, so they have a heat treated area that makes the outer edge really basically hardened yeah, um, yeah which is going to make that sanding a bit harder but also kind of a cool thing for uh, durability you know, that built-in hardness I, yeah, I, I mean, noticed you have to, that you have to post process right let's see if i can drop are some... you looking up a picture yep okay boop, so boop, boop, boop. lever gun lever gun available from shellington blasters that's gdops uh, gdops store and then some sort of collaboration with mr heath pants um going on there um, yep yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure that, I mean, MHP designed it and then probably kind of handed it over to GDOB. It's like, production hey, to GDOB. yeah, let's manufacture this. And I'm sure, like, he streamlined stuff. Um, oh, just remembered. One last question. The trigger on this, I mean, Tim, you can answer while Adam looks that up. Um, what is the trigger like? Because it looks tiny, tiny, tiny. I could not so get my finger into the trigger. The trigger, is, well, the trigger is actually the shotgun, but yeah. Um, just like pinned in on the lever and then when you pull the trigger it goes up into the frame of the blaster itself and hits a recessed uh catch release i dropped some pictures i guess what i meant was more it looks like the slot for your finger to fit in do you ever um i mean i get what you look like it was i'm not i'm not the best person to ask because i have smaller hands i had no issues uh okay so like the spring thunder that it I could not fit my finger into the trigger well area because it's very oddly designed and the um you know the the Shellington or, or but the uh 
the lever gun, that is a thicker trigger, like physically a thicker trigger. But at the same time, the space to fit your finger in is, is similarly tiny, tiny, tiny. Yeah, it is. That, that So that trigger doesn't actually have a spring on it. It's pretty loose. So if I remember correctly, I could just pull it down. Um, but it moves back. Uh, so you do have a little more space. And I, I do have a similar gripe with the spring thunder. It's like that trigger is like, you just kind of got to like put your figure in there and it's going to touch the trigger guard. I mean, in that picture, like you can compare it to links. Links has gobs of trigger room, trigger guard yeah. clearance. Well, I, I used Shattuck spring thunder and I had to push on the triggers on the side of the trigger to get it to go down. I don't think that's ever been fixed. I think it's literally just how it is and how it always will be. But obviously people don't care because it's, you know, people love Spring Thunder, so. It's true. Yep. I like. I still like mine. Yeah. So so I dropped the mechanism and stuff in chat, so you can have a looky-loo. Okay, so it's just a direct, uh, direct catch interface. You're literally just pressing straight on the catch. Very cool. Yep. It's, I mean, it's simple. Dig it. It was a lot of fun to use. I... I very much enjoyed it. So it's so not a blaster for the competitive scene, but probably a blaster that would be great for just enjoyment. HVZ, probably a great HVZ blaster. See, that's where I wouldn't use it. Too slow. I mean, rate. you wouldn't win at HVZ, no. but it would. Too slow rate of fire. It would be. It would be fun for playing a character. I would use it at Z13. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd use it for trouble in Terrorist Town. Yeah, if, if you want to live for... I guess if your concern is living for a long time. Now, the other thing is, when you play HVZ, Tim, I know you have a specific play style, and I don't think that would work for you, but there are others who would have a play style that that I think would work for, but they're not going to be in the action. Yeah, Brain and, also just brought up yeah. a valid point in chat. Don't want to leave those shells laying all over our campus. Oh, uh, that's a really good point. It's the it's same true. with Spring Thunder. Eh, don't heavy. litter, kids. Don't don't buy Hyper. Don't litter. <laughs> The um yeah the the lever gun's pretty heavy. It's a little bit of a chonker too. There's a lot of yeah. Print. It is. It is heavy. It's not something I would want to lug around <laughs> going up and down the hills in Athens. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. I get swole just carrying the damn thing. It's true. Well, we probably we probably exhausted the the uh, the lever gun topic. Yeah. Um, well, there's one more uh, upcoming uh, blaster that I think you wanted to talk about, right? Oh, do you want to talk about the HPA today? Yeah, um, just tease it a little bit. We can tease it a little bit. Okay, so I'm going to try and do my best to bring some updates to the show um, to to cover the uh, I wouldn't I, I want to say the uh, the the invasion of HPA to um, to North America, but uh, I don't think it's really going to be like that. The I purchased a, a Milsig M79, so uh, I am on the pre-order list. Uh, on the inside track for that to see if we get them. I'm honestly concerned, you know, we'll see how many people actually buy them. It may just be that it's like, okay, well, a couple come to the U.S. because they are, A, very expensive, and B, limited in usefulness um, in terms of HPA games. I mean, it's it, it's gonna it's going to be few and far between for the opportunities to use those, I think. But I got it as a, as a fun thing. It was a, sort of a, a gift to myself um, with my own sort of fun money that I've been saving up. So it's going to be going to be enjoyable. Looks like it has some opportunity for mods too. And there's a lot of options out there. So I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to pu- to playing with it and, and telling you guys more about it as we go along. Um, 
you know the the manual is out there for those who want to look at it frontline foam is the you know the the non-exclusive uh provider of this uh, product in the usa but they're the only place you can get it right now and uh, they have their manual up on the site which is is actually really nice to see it's got a lot of detail it's got a full breakdown of the system how it's put together so kind of like a service manual um for the uh the milsig m79 and uh yeah, I mean, we'll just see how it goes. It's it's got a. The, he actually, um, Derek just put up that they have um, a special remote line stock option and a CO2 stock option. I got the uh, compressed air tank and stock option. Uh, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be running that. Cool. One. So, what, yeah. What color um, did you get? I got gold. Nice. I wanted, uh, That's what I, I was hoping. The brightest. Oh, nice. I got the bright one. Yeah, I really wanted the gold one. Um, and in fact, I've been thinking about mods for it just as like fun things I can do. And it's crazy because, um, who did this? Uh, shoot, what's his name? Um, but anyways, there's, there's a guy over in Asia who already has them. There's a bunch of these already out in the wild. In fact, I even saw, they're not bringing it to the US, but they do have a black one, which is just get, you know, paint your, you don't have to paint your blaster black and play in traffic. It just, <laughs> it I guess is. they'll do it. But they're, they're not bringing that to the US as far as I know. Um, and the, uh, you know, the, the whole, the whole blaster itself is, is fairly firearm looking. So, you know, be careful, you know, you know, be smart about it. I'm going to be smart about it. You should do if you're th thinking about that type of bl yeah. blaster. Um, yeah, I think I, I think I kind of lost the thread there for a second, but it's uh, we'll, we'll keep you updated as we go along and, and see how the process <laughs> goes. Um, I get a baseball cap. So there's that. Yeah. Oh, really? That's a pre-order bonus. <laughs> yeah. Baseball cap. Baseball cap swag hmm. so you bought a four thousand dollar baseball cap and get a free blaster with it four thousand dollars jeez four thousand dollars i oh, thought four, it's like a, a nuclear Sorry. yeah i thought it's like a nuclear missile like if you have an hpa leak it'll level a city block right i've heard that there's enough <laughs> stored funny. energy in there to wipe out everyone within one square mile yes <laughs> well if that's not enough to win then i don't know what is i don't know man I, I was going on. I realized where I lost the thread there for a second, but um, yeah. So over in uh, over in Asia, there's um, uh, gosh, why can't I? His name's on the tip of my tongue, but he he already modified it to take angled talon mags, which I thought was super cool. So he, there's a custom printed magwell for a, uh, angled talon mags. The guy designed a uh, a front shroud for it. That's like a shorty front shroud with a scar barrel that goes on. A separate tank that he did like kind of a custom foam sleeve over to do like a speedball-esque uh, CQB nerf blaster, which mm. I, I just a really, really cool look. Um, he did the Leviathan. Why can't I think of his name? Um, he's never, his stuff isn't available as far as I can tell, but we always talk about it when it comes up. Oh is, my is gosh. Is this the guy that, like, billets ah. CNC mills everything, or is that a different oh, no, dude? No, no, no. Spectre is the vendor in, uh, in Australia, though. No, don't, I'll come back to it if I, if I can think about it, but if for some reason right now I've lost that, lost that thread. Um, but anyways, yeah, excited. I'll try and try and keep the, keep the information flowing as it comes out. Um, would love to talk about it, you know, a little bit large in a larger group in the future. Um, Argus, Argus Modworks, Argus Modworks. That's who I'm thinking. Hmm. I'm trying to run. Oh, yeah, okay. But I've never figured out where you can actually get his stuff from in the US, so I don't I don't know that you can. He has an Etsy store. I didn't oh, okay. Yeah. But but yeah, so he's doing some cool stuff. Um yeah, I don't know, there's not much more except I've, you know, put money down, put my put my money where my mouth is and committed to it, so we 
we will see how it performs when it shows up, and hopefully I can take it up there to uh, Michigan, and we can all play with it. So what's the, uh, just one last question, what's the His FPS Etsy range? store has zero star, or has zero products. Oh, well, I mean, I know that at one point they were doing the, um, uh, the bullpup, Links. the bullpup, um, strife kit, and also oh, the, yeah. um, I can't even remember the name of this one. It, it's uh, it's an old dart tag blaster that they re-released in the, the zombie snapfire. Yeah, that ha- he's got a snapfire body kit, a Leviathan afterburner. I had at one point um, clear shot, uh, clear shot kit. That might be the one you're thinking of. Yeah, but yeah, uh, he has a lot of modified blasters that I don't know if they've ever been on the Etsy. Yeah, like they have not been on the his, Etsy store. His would... Lynx uh, body kit is gorgeous. It is. I, I thought his grass snake body kit was super nice, and he never put it up anywhere that I could see. So, I don't oh, know. you know what? He might have. I know Milsig teased an HPA core that's basically the center part with no shroud and stuff. So yeah, maybe they're... that's what he had built off of. Yeah. What it's do they possible. call it? The heat core. Yeah. The yeah. Heat maybe. Core. Yeah. Which I dug into the paintball side for comparison's sake. The the thing the other thing is I don't I got, obviously this is a low lower volume product but this is actually more expensive than the paintball version and the paintball comes with a magazine and sights as like a you know factory options for the paintball essentially the version of the same blaster different core they both call them they're both heat cores but they're I looked at I actually looked at the manuals and the breakdown and they are a little bit different so they're not exactly the same but you're definitely paying for the uniqueness of the Nerf product and this being kind of a small batch. It, you know, item with metal and you know aluminum, all kinds of nicely made parts from what it looks like. So, oh, and it's man. not like they're taking. mod is awesome too. Yeah, I, I'm happy that at least it doesn't look like they're taking money up front for a product that doesn't yet exist. I mean, they mm-hmm. have they have it in the hands of many people already. It's not like mm-hmm. they're taking our money in order to fund the creation should... of the product. Oh, MW. Yeah. So you know, good stuff. Recent events. You guys had the recent events. Let's yeah. um. Why don't you, Tim? You want to talk about the uh, talk about the war that you attended? And yeah, then, uh, so, I don't know if Alex wants to talk about that at all. As well. Yeah, I'm, Alex, if you're cool well, with it, I'm gonna unmute you. Yeah, you mentioned earlier. Oh, I think you had some words. Hey, Alex. Yeah. Hey. Welcome uh, onto the show. Thank you. So, th- this uh, Columbus War that we went to, uh, it was kind of. Uh, stars aligning because I saw it, it popped up in my Facebook feed and I was like, I'm going to try and go to that. And Alex was like, eh, I'll be vacationing with my family. I can't go. Wait a minute. I'll be vacationing with my family 15 minutes away from where this park is. <laughs> yep. So it worked out nicely. Yeah, it worked out really well. So I, I made the drive down there on my own, met Alex there, um, met up with. Um, our good friend Cody, um, and then Buff Daddy also was there, and so we played with uh, it's Conk Columbus. What is it, Conk or? It's Conk C O N C. Yeah, Columbus. Is it Central Ohio, Ohio or Columbus Ohio? Columbus Ohio Nerf Club. That's what it is. Um, and they've been around for a while, a couple of years, I think. Um, they, they had some interesting game types and I, and I, I stole from their playlist when I came back up here, uh, for our backyard war, which I'll get into in a little bit. Um, and they had a nice play venue. 
they uh, they went to this park and there was a little like amphitheater area where we kind of staged and we did one or two rounds there but then there was also um, like a um, like a multi uh, what's the word I'm looking for uh, multi-level multi um, topographical levels um, playground area that we used as um, the uh, the field for most of our games. Now, Alex, what did you think? I, I I've, I've been rambling on. Yeah, I, I think I mean you had some similar opinions on it. Um, the location was pretty nice. I thought um, I liked that. I liked the playground area we used. I thought it was very interesting, and it had these different elevations, and it was very asymmetrical. So you know, if one team had an advantage, one game you could flip sides and see if they still had the advantage you know on the next game um so yeah overall i liked the location um and i really liked the game types some of the game types they used and i'm glad you stole those because i think we had a lot of fun with those yeah um besides that there were some organizational issues we could say um it was kind of scattershot a bit but it was a fun event you know, and I don't know if that's just because I'm nerf starved at this point uh, <laughs> after a year of quarantine, but it was fun. Yeah, it was it was a decent event, and and obviously the people you're playing with, you know, tie into that, and the fact that uh, um, Cody was there and uh, Buff Daddy was there definitely made uh, it enjoyable. Um, you know, having very much so having some people, and I know Alex, you were just meeting these people for the first time, but. Um, um, you know, getting to be on the field with some people that I knew definitely made it more enjoyable. And then as I was leaving the war, like in, in the, you know, in hindsight, I think I maybe was picking up that something was going on, but we're walking out to the cars. I've got all my gear in tow and all of a sudden I get sock ninja ambushed by drill princess Bogue came up when he heard I was in town and was waiting behind my car, apparently for like 20 minutes, with a couple of socks and a Disney princess's shield and popped out and pelted me with socks as I was coming up to put all my gear away. So then we all went out to dinner. So it was really cool to see Bogue, too. Where'd you go to dinner? Oh, what was the name of that place? It was a, um, hold on, let me look it up. It was like a sports bar. Okay, it's not that important. <laughs> I just have a. I had some food in my mouth, and I was like, "Sounds good." It was no. It was, it was some sort of brew house. Alex, what, what? Um, you said there were some game modes um that you guys played there that Tim stole from them. At one yeah. Point. What's going? What's going on there? Tell me about this. I haven't heard about. Um, heard so about there were two. Theft. Yeah, there were. Um, there were two main ones we did. Uh, one of them, I believe, was Cody's idea. Kings. That was Kings. Yeah, that was yes. a cool game type. Um, Kings is fun. He he took that from that? yeah he took that from his um, LARPing because he also does um, I don't know if it's LARPing but he does um, like uh, foam melee you know type events. Um, Dagger yes, Dagger. Um, so Kings is you split up into two teams. And it is unlimited respawns, except your king. Your king has one life. And then once your king goes down, then it's single elimination for your team. So it uh, it 
makes it kind of crazy balls to the wall. Everybody is just, you know, running and gunning until somebody gets to the point where they tactically can take out your king. Um, you know, and in our backyard wars, um, depending on the game we're playing, sometimes we limit our play to just my backyard, but sometimes we go around front. So when we were playing kings um, in my backyard... Well, I, at my house, I should say. Um, we did underneath my deck as one of the bases, and then we did my front porch as the other base. So there there was very interesting because um, I think both teams uh, tried to flank around both sides of the houses to, to try and take advantage of, because I think it was four on four. Um, so like the people who were in front definitely had the advantage on the one side because there were trees there. But I think... Um, once you got past the side of the house, the people in back had the advantage because you could be up on the deck and you had then you had uh, height advantage. So it was very interesting um, to see how the different uh, strategies played out when you didn't have to worry about dying as long as you kept your king alive. And then the other gameplay that I stole, um, they called it clickers, um, but it's basically you know if you've played Fortnite or um you know any of the first person shooter games they they typically call this like a rumble match and it's it's instead of you know one of the most common games we play is 315 well instead of each player having a individual pool of lives what they did was they had a pool of lives for the team and they got those um little ticker counters where you hit the button and it goes up one number and that was at the respawn point and when a team got to 35 kills or 35 deaths then the other team won so i went on amazon when i got home after the columbus event and ordered some of those up and and we ran that now i think in hindsight the way that we should do this next time alex and tell me if you agree is so we said 25 kills well one of the teams realized if they sat at 24 kills and just didn't spawn in then we couldn't get the last kill yeah <laughs> so i think what we might do so say if we want the um if we want the kills that you have to get on the other team to win to be 30 and there's there's four players we'll say okay once your ticker hits 26 then it's single elimination yeah i think you could do it you could go either way i would be interested to actually try that in gameplay um I think it would definitely add a sense of, I don't know, uh, like a, some tension to the end of the game. My only concern would be if you are in a more spread out location and you don't know your team has hit that point yet, you might not yeah. realize that yeah. you're you're in sudden death mode. So, um, but in a confined field where it can be you know called out to everyone playing. Uh, I think it's definitely a, a viable option yeah. or a variant to the game. Either way, I think it's a that was a really fun mode that I enjoyed a lot. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. And it's really cool because you, know, you have some players that will kind of like, you know, take more cover and really like tactically, like methodically take their shots. And, and they may only use up a couple of lives. And then you have other guys that are, you know, much more reckless and and out there and 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 you know playing to live um and so they might use up more lives so it's, it's kind of cool that you're not you know it, it's kind of like ammo consumption 
you know, your, your springers aren't going to use up as much ammo as your flywheelers are. So you give, when we're playing Iron Rush, you give the flywheelers the extra ammo, right? Well, so with this game type, you're able to give your lives to the guys that are going to use them more and make use of them better. Yeah, I agree. I think it really helps certain people's play styles be able to be, you know, used. If you're a run-and-gun type, 315's not necessarily the best game for you because you're more likely to get tagged uh, and get out early. Whereas in this one, you know, run-and-gun because the snipers are still going to be hanging out behind barrels towards the back, and they're not going as likely to lose their lives. Right. So I think it lets everyone shine. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's an interesting game type. And you can get those clickers real cheap. Like I got an, uh, what was it, a six-pack or an eight-pack? Uh, I got the box right here. It was a six-pack uh, for like seven ninety nine on Amazon. Um, the brand I got was KT Rio. K-Trio. K-Trio. Um, and it came in six different colors. So I tied a little bit of a string on them, and uh, I had these little um, like lantern shepherd hooks, and I just put one at each end of the field and uh, kind of hung it from the little shepherd's hook so if you could grab it, click it, and then run back into play. Uh, I One thing is we did do immediate respawn, and I think maybe we should still do 15 seconds um, of immunity until or until you shoot because that was, that, that was definitely one of the shortcomings, uh, rougher parts I of the gameplay. I agree with that. Yeah. Especially towards the end of that yeah. round when our team had the other team essentially pinned with no cover at their respawn point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. <laughs> we were a little mean on that one. Yeah. What was that, Eric? I was just giving you a hard time and saying things that you up. Oh. But yeah, I mean that's um I think that pretty much sums up our uh, our backyard war too. We had had some really good food. Um Tom and uh, Crimson Bison or Matt, who's been on the show before, uh, both brought meat. Um, Matt marinated some steak and Tom dry rubbed some chicken. So we made up some really good fajitas. I went out to a Scottish bakery, um, that's kind of relatively local and got, uh, a Scottish meat pie for everybody, uh, to try out. They're called four far brides. If you've never had one, those were so good. It was unreal. Yeah. Yeah. They were amazing. Delicious. Um, you know, we got to play test, uh, with Adam's, um lever action rifle and we also got to try out his um spamf but long and oh my god the action on that thing is freaking amazing the 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 prime is so smooth but it's on bearing so i would expect nothing now eric you're making one of those too right yeah i mean i was and my printer my printer broke and hobby stuff is lowest priority right now so i've kind of gone from modder payer pay to player at the moment yeah it gets Um, easier I promise. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, you and Adam but, are kind uh, of in the same boat right now. Yeah, Alex, it's just, Alex it's, too, it's, really. It's the, the biggest issue is that you know, it's, I can't prioritize something that is fun when there are when there's a little creature that needs lots yeah. of attention yeah. as a priority and a house that needs to not fall apart. So, yeah, but it's uh, it, it's gonna happen. The parts are pr- parts are printed and sitting on my workbench over here, but not enough of them printed to put it together got to finish that up and then i'll have a spam but long yeah i i might have to do one of those too it, it was impressive uh, you get one eventually. eventually yeah eventually i think he like makes hardware kits between semesters or something can't get one right now with what makes it cool. yeah 
can't can't buy this. Spam foot long, mm. but not really. <laughs> spam, spam, but not available. No, the the Alex's super spam, de the duper spam. Oh, super super duper, the super duper, duper special? extra super extra duper special. extra special super extra special yeah. spam. Yes. I was joking in chat earlier that I told I wanted Alex to make a tripod for it and call it the um, Ramalama Ding Dong. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Great name, love it. Uh, well, Very should cool. we uh, should we get into yeah. our main topic then? I thought, given some of what I saw down in Columbus and and the fact that uh, the vaccines are becoming you know much more uh, readily available, that it would be good to talk about getting back on the bicycle, you know, starting clubs back up, you know, what, what type of things do you need to, um, GSP? Yes, I am going to edit. I, I edit probably more than Connor ever did. Um, but yeah, getting, getting our clubs back going, what, uh, what, what do we need to do, you know, and what are some best practices for, for clubs in general, not just, um, not just, you know, because of COVID. Um, but obviously COVID is, is, a huge part of getting back going. You know, I just saw, um, just before we started recording, I know that atomic dart league just put a, um, a questionnaire out to its members. I don't know, uh, Eric, if you saw that, um, I did, where Jack... I saw it literally two minutes after it was posted. Yeah. I just happened to like, look and I was like, well, I can't, take... I, I'm going to write on it. I'm going to write on it later. So I need yeah. that. Story. And I, I left it up on my, my, uh, web browser because I wanted to specifically mention it. Cause Jackie asked some really great points in here, um, for, um, what a club should probably be thinking of. Um, right. Well, yeah. just, just quick thoughts before you get to the list though restarting a club i mean the biggest let's just face it at this point the biggest issues are a lot of people have changed hobbies i think at this point yeah and and, and she calls that out in the post too you know let us know are you oh, still is that playing? one of the points yeah, well that, yeah it's um you know yeah feel free to go yeah you can chat through her so i mean the, the atomic has set the benchmark that they would ideally like to have 80 percent of their active players vaccinated um which i think is probably a uh a good benchmark um so but the first thing that she's asking the players to pipe in about is will they be coming back um when they start up or have you left or changed hobbies um you know so yeah i mean you're absolutely right i mean a year plus of not being able to do hobbies if you haven't had the luxury like like we have up here of being able to do a small backyard war um that that's rough for people and I, I know, you know, I've, I've had discussions with, with Cody and, and Brain a little bit about all of these HVZ clubs just aren't going to survive because by the time it is safe and colleges will let those type of events happen, anybody who was involved in those clubs will have graduated and it, they would essentially have to be starting from absolute scratch. So moving on into a different hobby is definitely a valid concern for getting the numbers up. So, and a big thing for HVZ is just graduating. As you said, I mean, it's uh, younger members are going to have to step up and, and make it what they want, you know, the HVZ events to be. I just need to buy myself a campground and I'll just run like once a month. We'll have an HVZ weekend. Yeah. Just buy a campground. I see brain furiously typing as I just said that in our chat. <laughs> 
Um, That's an issue. It's a bit of an issue for us right here. Uh, my co-moderator is he's been basic. He's been Palmetto Foam Flingers, and he sold the last of his um, you know his custom blasters, and he's selling off some of his blasters. He seems more interested in a, attending events than than actually being super involved in the hobby. They've moved on to their things. I haven't caught up with him yet in detail about what you know down here. I'm still committed to making events happen, but it's gonna. We were we were building up before COVID, and gonna have to start building up all over again. It feels like it's just a little it's a little daunting because we had some traction. We had we had essentially some regulars. Even if they even if they were out of towners, they were great players and great people to join. And I feel like I'm gonna have to start basically from scratch again in many ways remind people that it, the con that the game exists for one and figure out how to draw in new members so yeah i um it it's it's a valid concern you know people move on um but for those of us that are still here we have to figure out how to pick up the pieces you know so you know obviously you know getting vaccinated is going to be a huge part and there's already been some discussion in sdnc about how are we going to check that and track that and and do we have the right to force people to show proof and 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 all of that type of stuff so you know and and going back to the the letter that atomic put out i think is is valid because um the second thing they ask is have you gotten your vaccine are you on your first or second dose um if you haven't been vaccinated do you have plans to do so no need to ask why just looking for numbers to get to that 80 percent benchmark um and then they ask would you be comfortable sharing your vaccine card with league managers for verification and you know that's something that we discussed in sdnc is is you know can we ask that and and you know like i i'm certain that like eventually you'll have to show it to be able to fly things like that so i thought that um i don't know i don't i don't know if that's ever gonna pass i mean i in some some parts i'm i would be okay with that but from what i understand it's like if you're vaccinated the risk is to those that are not vaccinated right um because it's like vaccinated people can be around vaccinated people like no problem right but i think it's like what is it it's if you on any of your surfaces are carrying you know the virus or whatever and you shake somebody's hand then it's like it's almost like so those in the end, right, that are not vaccinated really are at risk, right? And and, and so that, that's where this conversation turned is there are a certain amount of people that have to rely on herd immunity. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and one of our admin was like, well, I can't imagine that anybody has to rely on herd immunity would be healthy enough to, to play with us. And the fact is that's not true. I, I personally know several people that – or immune compromised that could play with us. You know, you have cancer survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's fair. You know, things like that. So you have to do, take that into account um, because, yeah, if you're vaccinated and somebody who isn't vaccinated, they're you know they're the ones that are more at risk. But um, you have you're potentially blocking people from playing with you because they have to rely on other people to get immunized. I mean, it's kind of a you said more at risk. That's the eff- you know, efficiency, efficacy of the vaccine is is what it is. It's not a hundred percent, so people are still going to be at risk by going out. But at this point, I know I I personally feel pretty, pretty confident going out and doing feel much better about it. And to the other point about the uh, you know, 
about requiring a vaccine. Some people say it's illegal. Some people say that it's legal. It's going to be challenged in court most likely in the coming months, if it, especially if it is passed somewhere. Probably the first place it gets passed will challenge. You know, we'll see some sort of legal rule on that. But in the meantime, small groups can choose what they want to do, really. Yeah. Subject to large yeah, issues. Yeah, I mean, it's... I think it's going to be a group to group to group decision. What they're comfortable with. The SCNC is is coming back and saying vaccines, masks. I think they're playing soon. I'm not sure what week ended it, but they're playing soon. Are they playing with masks on, or do you take the masks off once you start playing? I'm pretty sure that they're playing. If you're anywhere near someone with a uh, near another person, you have to wear a mask, like in between rounds. Um, I'll look it up if you want to keep talking about it. I'll interject right. with that because that's. What we did for the most part at, at this last backyard war, um, you know, depending on who it was we were chatting with, if it was somebody that we knew both parties were vaccinated, we were probably a little bit more lax on the the masking. But there were a couple of people at the backyard war that haven't had the opportunity to get vaccinated yet, so we made sure if we were around them that we were masking as much as possible. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it's definitely going to be it's going to be down to the grassroots level to, you know, enforce the small games and stuff. I'm definitely I'm all about erring on the side of safety, you know. Absolutely. Um you want our all of our remaining players to be alive. That helps the hobby. Yep. Um you know, I think we've hit most of the stuff from the COVID aspect, but part of the reason that I thought of talking about this was some of the stuff I saw down in Columbus and maybe just talking about some general best practices. Um, you know, like when you're going to have an event, um, know your play area, scout it out ahead. And, and, you know, some of the stuff can be tied back into the whole COVID aspect because uh, if you know your area, you know if you're going to have a staging area that's big enough for you people to, to space out. But uh, one of the things that... Uh, Alex and, and Cody and I had been talking about when we were sweeping there at the end was um, the admin team down there, it didn't seem like they really had scouted out the area because they'd only played at this park a couple of times or maybe even only once before. Um, so they like weren't sure where they were going to put respawn points and, and things like that. And it kind of made for uh, some rough starts uh, for some of the matches. So know the areas you're going to play. It'll, it'll only make your events uh, run smoother. Um, Eric, you back? What'd you find out? Feel like I, I feel like I must have had a dream. I can't find it. Was a, it was a post from Drac, basically stating the plan and what they were gonna do. But I, I really is, feel like I was in a dream or something. Is the post in front of a mirror right now? Maybe that's why you can't see it. Perhaps that's mm. good. that's a good joke. Hey. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I don't know. I, there was a whole list of precautions. And I want Wow. I, I, I cannot find it. Yeah. It's oh. crazy. I don't. I. I remember this very clearly. I could not tell you. No worries. What happened? Um, what are some other general best practices? Uh, plan your playlists. You know, this is something we always did with Z13. Um, you know, so that way you're not standing around for 15, 20 minutes. You know, trying to figure out what you're going to do next, and then you know, one admin throws out an idea, and then you spend 10 minutes arguing about it. Um, it also helps your players plan for what to bring. You know, if they know you have trouble in Terrorist Town on the docket, they know they need to bring a pistol or whatever your rules call for. Um, 
um, which that's another thing. Post your rules in advance. And, and we've talked about things like that with like BG and the whole megas being required for specials and not letting anybody know and stuff like that. And I'll brains furiously, furiously typing again. Um, by the way, um, let me just interject. I wasn't crazy. It's, it's in May. So they're looking at, uh, SCNC coming back in. Yeah. There's a little planning going on and looking to be a 250 FPS cap, um, 14 plus war, which would be pretty cool. This is these are this is from Drac. I guess he's he's planning all that stuff. Um, but yeah, having vaccinations, masking, um, you know, so still wearing masks, playing with a mask, bring your vaccination card, that kind of thing. Yeah, but it's interesting. It's not actually officially scheduled yet. May is not that far away. So second Saturday in May, keep your uh, keep your eyes and ear peeled because a 250 FPS war would actually be pretty sweet. Yeah. Um... One of the other things I noticed about Columbus is their chain of command was not very clear. Like there, there were two guys that definitely were admin and they kind of contradicted each other at times. Um, but I think there were other admin there that never were really introduced. Um, you know, like in SDNC, we have a pretty clear chain of command and like, um, specific roles for each person that's on the admin team. You know, Tom's kind of our, our uh, communications officer or liaison um sam runs our park wars um uh john runs uh competitive i do the hvz um so we all have pretty specific roles and like when when sam or john or i are running an event you know it kind of defaults to us for decisions on roles things like that so um so have a clear chain of command and and follow it and and make sure your players know who the people in charge are so that they can go to those people for clarifications and also if there's issues so when you're um when you're going back to the next sdnc probably going to be a park right i would imagine so yeah we'll probably only do outdoor events for the first few at least especially since we don't have access to the dark club anymore yeah First event back, it just it seems like it makes a lot of sense to do outdoors. You know, right now we're also in a great time for the weather. It's the right time to be outside. It seems like a good idea to be safe. The masks while playing, especially around where I am, I it's going to be really hard to get masks. I mean, you go and get food, and the chefs don't even they'll have a mask below their. It's it's pretty tough to enforce anything related to masking or so i think it's going to be you're going to need to have someone with a pretty strong personality and pretty strong presence you need to enforce that i mean you could have a safety officer <laughs> if you want to get crazy who's really out willing to go out there and it's this way to play yeah brain just any, said it. any dis oh any anything you do at this point it, it's best not to figure it out on the fly like like we do a podcast yeah brain just said hits don't count if you don't wear a mask that that's a quick way go. to make sure that people are wearing their mask i love it <laughs> because people if you know anything about nerf people will find any reason not to call a tag if you, if you add that as an official rule it's gonna be good well now you're now you're just getting crazy to get shot in the face yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice well should we bring this one home i think so uh quick shameless plug um by the time you guys are all hearing this uh, Your Skylanders these... will be up for sale? <laughs> no, yeah, but our right. stickers will be. Um, we have Detroit Dart Talk stickers. Um, you can get a holographic 
uh, fuck around and find out or F-A-A-F-O sticker. Or you can get a sheet of stickers that has our logo and a different F-A-A-F-O or a uh, like a pink square. Hashtag free stuff. Yeah, there's one that says oh. hashtag free stuff. There's Ooh. one that actually spell or says out, fuck around and find out. Well, it, F, F apostrophe or asterisk CK. Um, and then there's also one that says paint your blaster black and play in traffic. <laughs> My personal favorite. Um, and it's, it's great. Yeah. And, and here's the best part. These were designed by listeners. Um, Dragon speaker or uh, how do you, is it Kai key? I always say Kai. I, I, Kai. I always said he. I don't know. It's yeah. probably Kai. It's uh, because we type it out and we never actually yeah, say exactly. it in real life. Yeah, exactly. But uh, Kai, <laughs> Dragon Speaker, uh, designed uh, the one uh, FAAFO. And and to be fair, they also designed a hashtag free stuff that looks amazing, um, but it is very much the um, like an exact Twitter post, and I was concerned about copyright infringement, so that one didn't make it onto the sheet. Um, but I might make a personal run of those and make them available at some point. I don't know. Um, and then the other ones um, were um, designed by Adarin. Um, oh, you mean Adharin? Is that how you say it? Adharin. I think it's Adarin. <laughs> Oh, um, okay, okay, yeah, sure, 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 sure. But they, they look absolutely amazing. All of them do. Um, so, uh, if you are interested in stickers, um, they are four dollars for the holographic FAAFO and eight dollars for a sheet, and that is shipped. Um, the holographic ones are a limit of one right now because um, we did a very limited run of these. We used Patreon money to fund it. Um, and I want to make sure that anybody that wants um, the one of the holographic ones gets access to it. And then at some point, we'll uh, just say, okay, you know, you can order more if you want. Um, I really like them. Yeah, they look really great. Uh, but if you're interested, uh, send me a PM and uh, we'll get you hooked up. Uh, Tom also has uh, the remnants of the Detroit Dart Club stickers. Um, so if you're interested in some of those too, let me know and uh, we'll work something out. So yeah. Do we want to talk about what these potentially could fund? Do we want to save that? No, uh, we'll save that. Okay. We'll save that. There is a plan because any money we make just literally goes right back into the podcast. Yep. We're doing things. And we have something in mind that if we can get uh, if we can get enough Gola saved up, got some hashtag content coming your way. But it, it takes a little bit it takes a little bit more money to purchase and create, let's say, uh, some of the other things we've done. So we'll see. Um, there's some time to build up to that that item can't wait to talk more about it in the future so yeah buys so. you some stickers and <laughs> tim actually sends him these sweet envelopes i've actually never seen these uh these post office envelopes these are like cardboard is that what so, you send all of them in or well a, so i actually got a uh, pack of them a pack of something on amazon because the ones i sent out um to you and i sent uh, a set to adarin and uh to heron and dragon speaker um since they created I them waiting. i felt Adam, they should you get come the up first with the one. next way to say it. um i i bought those in the in the post office uh but they're like a buck 50 an envelope so i found on amazon a, a bundle that i think was like a quarter an envelope okay. and it they're the uh, thick yeah, cardboard I was, like, they're, I was like they're really nice envelopes and then you add shipping and i was like you basically the stickers yeah and if you put the cost of the stickers <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they need to the the postage and the uh, and 
the envelope need to cost less than they do right now. Yeah, uh, and it, the sticker, the cost on those stickers might sound a little bit cheap, but that's or a little bit expensive, excuse me. Um, but that's also to cover cost of shipping and things like that. So. They're low volume, so. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. It, it was very low volume. You know, hopefully, um, some of the money that we get back from these will will fund the next batch. Make five dollars and bigger, you know, we'll probably, better stickers. We'll probably have uh, coined a new catchphrase by then, so we'll have a new sticker. Water slide tattoos. Get your Detroit Dart Talk face tattoo. Fuck around and find out. <laughs> Can't wait for the water slide tattoo. That's a great idea. <laughs> love it anyways check that out at our shop um you know at tim on uh, on the discord <laughs> that's where you go to get the good stuff yeah. at yeah at at invictus hashtag one four nine six on <laughs> yeah. um, hit me up for t-shirts we still have a couple of mediums and larges if you want and pa- i have some patches so and Same i also thing, have patches going, so yeah we can put patches in your order um t-shirt has to be a separate location but yeah, so shout outs, eh? Um, kind of piggybacking on our last topic, I am going to shout out Adarin because in addition to doing work for our stickers, uh, he also uh, reverse engineered our podcast logo so we have it uh, in high res uh, because we didn't before. It, um, Connor, when we were first putting the show together, created it on an app on his phone so we don't know what the font is called we don't have access to that font anywhere else um and we were kind of just working off of i think it was like a 56 kilobyte image um so now we have a scalable vector uh of the logo that we can use for bigger and better projects um so huge shout out there because that that's that was fantastic it's big we're basically using a potato yeah pretty much literal potato good stuff yeah what do you guys got i'm just gonna do a quick shout out because i've my uh my dealings with uh shout out to the frontline phone they've been you know they've actually been as happy i've been happy with the response so far i'm still waiting on more questions yeah overall overall been pretty pretty good there so. cool adam what do you got man i was thinking about some stuff and things and i got several people i wanted to shout the outs but i'm gonna do a shout out to MHP and GDOP for making a dope lever gun, which is actually unnamed. They um, haven't named it they yet. Just call it, they just call it the lever gun. Wow. So That's good. I, I assume it's going to get a name at some point. Um, yeah, we've said yeah. the G word too many times already. Uh-oh. Ooh, Uh-oh. lever blaster. Oh, no. Uh-oh. The alphabet boys are coming. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, um, yeah, so good job guys it's been a blast to build and the support's been pretty but good a bump a blast to so, build <laughs> so gl- glad to have cool stuff yeah thanks right. everybody for joining us on this extra long episode of detroit Dark very Talk. long yeah i don't know yeah, we'll time. probably cut it down and it'll end up being like 42 minutes <laughs> No, it'll be a good episode. Uh, it'll be a nice long, good, at least long an hour. episode. At least yeah. Always good to talk to you guys, and uh, always good to have our uh, Patreons on there heckling us the whole time, so <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, Love it. a good turnout from our Patreons today. It's fun so. times. I like these late-night episodes. I hope we can do more of these. We'll see. But yeah, until next time, this has been... Uh, oh, this wait, been... wait, 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 wait. One oh. last thing. Ooh. Tune in This on... has been the breaks. Tune in on May 15th at... 
we will be on at 11 a.m. Eastern Time to Foam Fest Live. Uh, we will be on Just a Jolt's segment uh, live, from, live from the Shonky Shed, I think is his segment. Um, so his segment starts at, what is it? Oh, I know where I Early, have it. right? His, well, no, late for them. His segment starts, if you look at their calendar, his segment starts at 3 p.m. British summer, British summertime, which after looking it up multiple times and getting different answers, and, and I finally just asked Big Al when it was 3 p.m. our time, uh, we will be going on at 11 a.m. So check us out there. Um, because we probably won't post another episode after this one before that happens. So, all right, sorry, last last shameless plug. Take us out, Eric. Good job. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining us again in the uh, the the shitty shed. It's the cousin to the shonky shed where we record our live <laughs> podcast adventures. And uh, <laughs> for Tim and Adam, this is Eric. Happy hanging out with you guys yet again. And uh, until the next time, have a great night. And have a great morning. And perhaps if it's afternoon, I hope it's mediocre. Because I already told you I want your night to be good, not your afternoon. So deal with it. All right? Suck it up, buttercup. Have a mediocre afternoon, everyone. Bye-bye. Operande. I do love the name of the logo. We, usually, I feel like that's if, a ska beer. Yeah, usually yeah. if there's a, I don't know, if, if they make a pun on hops, it's usually excessively hoppy. Yeah, like raggedy like ass. A, yeah, right. Yeah, or what, hoptimator? <laughs> I like how you agreed before you realized what he said. <laughs> no, well, I was just saying, yeah, you're right. It'll hop you right in the ass.